How we doing guys? It's Matt Wimore here, one half of Fit of Food. Um, this is episode number 42, folks. We've, we're nearly at that 50, 50 milestone. We're getting there, Keris. Slowly but surely. Slowly but very surely, it seems. <laughs> surely but very slowly is what I meant. <laughs> uh, guys, um, I hope everyone's having an awesome day so far, um, wherever you are when you're listening to this. Uh, we've got another Q&A episode for you this week. I love that Hamish starts to drink as Just soon that- as we go to record. An episode He's or... been fast asleep as soon as we hit record. You, I don't know if you can even glug in his water down in the background. I'm sure he's doing it on purpose. And Rob, but... our podcast editor, is going, that plumbing dog. That blinking dog. <laughs> Lock him away when you're doing a podcast. Uh, but guys, yeah, another Q&A episode. He's getting um, louder. So we're, we're talking over his glugging and he's not having it. But guys, yeah, so thank you so much for all the people that submitted some questions for this podcast. As always, uh, we do get quite a lot. So please forgive us if we don't quite get through all of them because uh, unfortunately the, the podcast will probably be about three hours long which uh, I'm sure uh, Rob our podcast guy will not appreciate and no one really wants to listen to a three hour podcast do they? Or do they? I don't, maybe, know. I don't know. Maybe. If there's a demand <laughs> for it we might give it a go who knows. But guys before we get into the Q&A some great questions um, I just want to give and I'm sure Keris does as well a massive shout out to all of the people that have just completed our 28 day January uh, ultimate January detox plan. As always, the, the results have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so a huge well done to, to everyone that took part if you are listening. The good thing with our plans, guys, and you know, giving ourselves a bit of a shout out here, so to speak, is that our, our goal is beyond fat loss. You know, it's not just about dropping weight, you know, dropping, you know, dropping inches or centimeters on the measuring tape. It's about looking at your life and your health as a and just making sure that we, we improve your energy levels, your recovery in the gym, your skin health, hair. Um, and of course, we've always said if you focus on getting healthy, fat loss will come. The great thing is, is people have lost weight. People have seen huge reductions on the measuring tapes, as well as, you know, energy levels going through the roof, etc., etc. And it's just awesome to know that we've kind of played a role in, in he- helping people kind of see just how awesome and energetic life can be, wouldn't you say? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 it was a great bunch of people, and I suppose that time of year everyone is quite fired up. But we had some some new people on the plan, and then some people who are uh, we were calling them old timers, which isn't a complimentary. Yeah, <laughs> kind of implies they are old, <laughs> experienced people. And what was nice veterans, veterans, <laughs> dropping weight, you know, dropping you know, dropping inches or centimeters on the measuring tape. It's about looking at your life and your health as a, and just making sure that. We, we improve your energy levels, your recovery in the gym, your skin health, hair. Um, and of course, we've always said if you focus on getting healthy, fat loss will come. The great thing is, is people have lost weight. People have seen huge reductions on the measuring tapes, as well as, you know, energy levels going through the roof, etc, etc. And it's just awesome to know that we've kind of played a role in, in he- helping people kind of see just how awesome and energetic life can be, wouldn't you say? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 it was a great bunch of people, and I suppose that time of year everyone is quite fired up. But we had some some new people on the plan, and then some people who are uh, we were calling them old timers, which isn't a 
complimentary. Yeah, kind of implies <laughs> they are old. <laughs> Experienced people. And what was nice... Veterans. Was the, the, veterans. Fit <laughs> veterans. veterans. Was the support they offered the new people was absolutely great to observe. Um, so as well as obviously um, um, us two and, and our mentor being in the group, there was just... Sometimes it's not even about a technical question. It can be everything from a how do you get over the cravings or perhaps, you know, the, the fatigue that you experience, which you know a lot of people just sort of have to ride through a little bit. It's not an easy process. Or initially. Initially. And those, the attachment to foods, everyone's got their own little story that, that will help you. Um, that's not really about professional advice necessarily from, from you or I. It's about someone saying, I just went for a walk every time I felt like that or... Um, you know, here, here, here's what helped me. Yeah. Here's how I got over there. Yeah. It's just like real life experience. Absolutely, isn't it? and I think that's what's amazing about when you do embark on on change is doing it with other people can just you know it just helps you keep keeps you on that road um, because others are maybe slightly ahead of you and can say just stick at it. The benefits. Now, I mean, some of the arguments, uh, not the arguments, but the support people were offering was very much like, God, wait till you get here. Like, it's just brilliant and you'll forget how hard it was. And, yeah. you know, and that was really lovely to see. I know that's where we are. And there's quite a lot of criticism of online plans and of um, even personal trainers generally, where yeah. I've seen this on, on various podcasts I listen to, where they say you've got these really healthy, motivated people trying to tell someone where this can be very alien to them. You yeah. Oh, it's great when you get there, but, you know, maybe not empathising with the journey um, yeah, yeah. enough to get there. Um, and that's where both you and I have said before, we, 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 we really make an effort to empathise, but there are some people that are closer to that journey than we are, so... Well, it's funny, I think, because, like the like Kerry said, you know, there's been quite a, a few... Uh, it's not funny. I know, <laughs> I keep saying that. It's, it's, it even irritates me. Yeah. So other people must find it really irritating. Very sorry. You know, uh, quite a few blog posts and whatnot have kind of been brought to our attention from some of our followers and clients, etc. Of, of these blogs pretty much kind of slating online online transformations, etc. And, and the thing is, everyone's entitled to their opinion, of course, and, you know, we're, we're more than happy, you know, for, for the, if they want to spare the time to write a blog about it, that's entirely up to them. But it kind of does, I wouldn't say it rubs, off, rubs, rubs us the wrong way, but it does kind of, uh, it irritates us a little bit because we love our online plans and we've been doing them for some time now. We've worked with, it's got to be in the thousands now of people if you look at all the plans we've done over the last couple of years or so. I suppose what we are trying to do is differentiate, you know, just a, a very standard sugar detox to what we're trying to do is educate people because if they know why they should eat this way, they're more likely to stick to the principles. Well, that's the key, isn't it? It's the, it's the educational process. And whilst our plans aren't, you know, you know, you're not going to have a degree when you come out of the end of it. You will have a much more solid understanding of what different foods offer you, you know, a better understanding of your macronutrients, proteins, carbs and fats and adjusting calories and macros to meet your needs based on your training, your lifestyle and your, your goals, of course. And it's just having that that solid foundation of knowledge that helps you just make smarter choices day to day when it comes to food training and of course recovery um and we think that 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 is what sets our plans apart i think is the educational aspect as well as the the kind of the group dynamics for me you know and i and, and i honestly think that as much don't get me wrong we put a lot of work into our plan guys um but we love it you know we're always trying to improve it but the real magic for us is when we log on to facebook every day in the private facebook group 
and just see the banter and the the kind of help and the motivation that's there from from everybody that's involved and and that for me like you can't put a price on no, and, because and it's I think almost it, well, well, if you took that away take away the heart of the plan if you like well i was going to say the big aspect that people forget when they are trying to get healthy is they forget about happiness yeah. and a lot of people associate getting healthy with deprivation um we said sort of in january you know staying in not doing social things because all of that involves unhealthy things like booze and um, you know eating out people think about getting healthy but they they attach it to something that they've got to do um, perhaps because they've had a health warning or perhaps because you know maybe just feeling like crap is is actually getting the better of them yeah but along the journey they don't really expect to have fun and 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 that is where i love some of our fit food, fit foodies, <laughs> fit foodies, because they are so much fun, and they're fun for me and you. Like we love some of the banter and the jokes, um, and also like I see that as part of they're getting healthier, they feel happier. There's you know confidence, there's energy, there's motivation. Um, you know we know how when we're stressed, we're, we're a pair of miserable buggers. <laughs> like when we're unhealthy, yeah. So it's just really nice to see. It's just something that. I suppose people don't think about um, happiness. And actually, we've gone down the route of, and we keep mentioning on all our recent blogs, Paul Watson, who's been doing the mindfulness webinars, which we wanted to outsource because we wanted another voice to talk about this. Yeah. Um, and because he's been such an, um, an influence on me and you, you know, when he runs those webinars, we both listen and we both know there's massive changes that we need to implement that we don't. We just kind of highlight some really simple strategies of where you can just be more in the moment be more mindful and just a little bit more grateful I suppose for kind of everything that that you have got because I mean it's so easy and you know and I see this all the time on Facebook and and I'm just talking about Facebook generally now there's so many negative Facebook posts out there and and it's just putting this constant negative energy out into kind of cyberspace so to speak and and I'm almost like why why I mean, I know, don't get me wrong, people could do what they want with their Facebook profiles. It's their outlet to do whatever. But there is so much negativity in the world. And Do you know what the worst industry is for that as well? Our industry. The fitness industry. Fitness industry. I have never seen so much bitching and backbiting to the point where I know I certainly had a fear for a while of putting anything out there because of other professionals coming back and saying well that's a load of rubbish because of this and even though you've seen it work with yourself your clients you lose the confidence and and perhaps the reason it works is not scientific because the body isn't that uh, the body is scientific that's why i'm putting it but we're also emotional we're also spiritual and so perhaps the reason something worked and i saw it work isn't down to some scientific study but because of something I saw in that person that I thought they need this and I'm going to give them this because of this reason. Yeah, yeah. And someone in the fitness industry might come back and say, what, you made the person eat 200 grams of carbohydrates when they were overweight? You crazy fool. Yeah, but, but that's, the, <laughs> that, that's the beauty, isn't it? And I think that's what sets the, the, the good ones apart from the people that just read regurgitated bullshit yeah <laughs> basically yeah. but i understand why you might do do that because you're scared and actually this is we've gone off track from our q a but one thing i will say is there's loads of um a lot of fitness professionals are talking about supplements at the moment just in, in various different sort of groups of, of of fitness individuals and i've just been reading lots of different takes on supplements but i mentioned to you there was um personal trainers are recommending supplements to their clients which you know, it's not that I'm against, but so long as they know that they can only make recommendations because they don't have the insurance to actually write supplement protocols mm-hmm. necessarily. One thing to, to be wary of is 
is these pyramid schemes of selling supplements yeah. um, that are out there um, that, that your trainer or the professional person that's, that's encouraging you to buy them is linked to um, some of these pyramid selling schemes. They're not bad supplements, I have to say. Some are, some aren't. Um, not all of them are bad. But it just means that you might be persuaded by them because of some financial benefit, obviously. And recently I saw someone post up like some really brilliant supplements and said, I'm trying to get my client off these and onto what I want them to have, which was this pyramid scheme. Just say it. But they were... What? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Who was it? No. Why not? No, but just out of interest. The probiotics were by Renew Life, who I think is a brilliant brand, that were recommended to me by a very high level, um, by Gold Bioscience, who specialise in digestive wellness. Um, I think the, there was a great multivitamin on there. And it's just about, rather than going back and telling your clients, which is what we do, look at the ingredients of your supplements, check that they're GMP, um, it's subject to guideline manufacturing practices, which means they're batch checked and they've got to have in them what they say they have in them. Yes, there's going to be like, you know, it's not going to be 100%, but it's just a great starting place. And we just always shout about brands that we like, like Nutri Advanced or Now Foods or... Yeah. You know, it's... all I was going to say was, it's like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know, like, you know, with these pyramid schemes, there's an element of generating income and, you know, everyone's entitled to generate an income and earn a living, of course. However, for me, I just think the whole pyramid scheme became a little bit, I mean, and it came bloody annoying. I mean, the amount of people that were emailing me or posting on our Fitter Food and Fitter London page about, hey, how would you like to earn an extra £800 a week? Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, whatever happened to just recommending good products because you rate them as a product yeah, yeah. there's no initial uh, you know in, no incentive for you to recommend them you're recommending them based on the fact you've tried them you've tested them and they work and you think it's a great product you know i've had um you know some might say that we're, we're stupid for this but you know i've had people contact us and say um we want to make you an affiliate for these products too much and, of a faff. And, 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 well, no, truth be known, I'm like, I'd rather not. I, I've said that I'd yeah, re- yeah. recommend yeah, it. Yeah, we've said it because it, then it takes away from your recommendation yeah. because everyone knows you're earning money from exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But one other thing I'd point out was there was this big discussion about the so-called supplements that were being debated. Um, lots of people were going back saying, um, you know, there's this added ingredient in there. And, and I get that. That is important that you do look at the ingredients within your supplements. But overall... Um, the supplements themselves, I, were, I was happy that the, the minerals were chelated, which means they're in a more bioavailable form. There was a few added ingredients, but nothing too nasty. And before you super optimise supplements to the best of the best of the best, are you really confident that that person is doing their best they can with nutrition? Nutrition, yeah. Has a, a brilliant exercise plan. Hopefully, as a personal trainee, you've, you've sorted that. But chances are, like, if, if you're anything like our clients... They're not with you every day of the week, so there's other things they go off and do and, you know, make sure you've got a, a programme in place. Yeah. Are they sleeping well? Are they managing stress? And I can guarantee there is no way you can tick yes to all of those. But is it Yet that... we're all there talking about yeah. there's a bit of rice flour in that <laughs> supplement but there. But pe- people like to complicate stuff. Yeah. Pe- people like to overanalyse. People like to overthink just for the sake of doing it, in my eyes. And the other thing that, that annoyed me... Is this whole debate? Oh, she's annoyed. I know, but we talked about all these um, flexible dieting and um, cheat nights and cheat days. And so, if these people are yes, they're eating eating well, um, but then going having these massive cheat days and eating the pizza and the ice cream on this day of the week, and you're still there quibbling 
it's 200 or 300 um, milligrams of magnesium, it's, it's just probably irrelevant, to be honest. <laughs> do you see what I mean? And it, it frustrates me a little bit that the industry is so carried away. But do you not find that sometimes when we post stuff up on Fitter Food that, you know, and, and sometimes people nitpick over it and... and don't get me wrong, like we, we, we never kind of try to portray that we're perfect. You know, we eat clean 90... Actually, I say we eat clean. I actually hate that word, like we eat clean. Like, you know, I, I never smell when I eat. I'm always clean. Um, I disinfect everything. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like when we kind of stick to, you know, 90% of our diet is, you know, single ingredient foods and the other 10% is a little bit of what we fancy, so to speak. Um we do try and go organic in places, free range in places, grass fed in places, but you know what? It doesn't always happen because it's just the way it is. But I always find it funny when we put something up and people like nitpick at these little things, you know, and I, oh, oh, that's not paleo, or shouldn't you have got organic? Yeah, or I, what, what, what is that plastic that that coconut oil is in? And it's like, <laughs> God, leave it out, please. Well, I was gonna Let's say, look at the bigger picture here. When I was uh, studying, I know I definitely got carried away and went through a phase and uh, yes. bless, bless you and your mum yes, yes, you we were yes. living with your mum at the time and it was like a new thing every week I'd come home and I'd be like all Tupperware is out or you, you we came are back not... from biosignature threw all their pots and pans out because <laughs> they're like they must be stainless steel yeah. or um ceramic yeah. yeah you know there was no there was no discussion about this either it was like they're gone <laughs> shower gels gone there was not a single paraben in the house but i mentioned this on a vlog i wrote recently where and it was the fat loss for women where i said it all caused me more stress and probably did more damage to my health than those actual things were like my odd exposure to an aluminium pan or plastic <laughs> don't get me wrong you know now as as things break we replace them this is a tip from um limpeachy our, our marketing guru um she said what she's doing is when things break or food runs out she replaces it with the healthier version that we're recommending or know to be better yeah. but if i didn't relax about that sort of thing you can't control your nutrition and environment 100 or even 90 maybe even 80 percent of the time if you're traveling and working and exactly. you know so if you don't reassure yourself that you're just making the best decision at that time um and that is like you know going to the supermarket and oh there's no organic spinach yeah um oh there's no salad well i won't have anything then you know just get the non-organic and, and crack yeah. on and that's what i've it's I've, not the end of the world yeah and i feel so much healthier for doing that yeah and and using that approach um and it, even now it's funny because i find rather myself... than saying oh there's no organic spinach oh i just have a pizza yeah <laughs> that's the next stage i'm going to get to oh, <laughs> i just well. have an organic pizza instead. but do you remember i'd shout at you like why have you brought non-organic or Good. but also like i'd, I'd choose oh i'm not going to eat those foods because they're not organic and that was a stupid way to be as well because if you think about it it's just about having scales um, not weighing scales, as in scales of ideally you'd have organic and local, but if you can't, and then I, my my thing is I always look for British now in supermarkets, you know those sorts of things, and um, it's not ideal if it's not the best product, but then I know that I'll just eat loads of garlic and onions and other healthy stuff. Yeah, that but, I'll just the, outweigh but again, it. Yeah, when you look so, at the bigger picture as a whole, yeah, like you, you've made it's one meal out of many exactly. in my life. Yeah. So you just made me think of a question. Actually, we're talking about supplements and stuff, and. Uh, we have got questions to go through. I know. But I, know, but I was just <laughs> going to say, because I do find it quite bizarre how people are so keen to get going with a supplement protocol when they haven't even nailed the general basics in their nutrition, um, yet they're willing to just throw money at supplements just because someone said that they're good. Um, so my question is, would you rather, in the, you know, there's obviously different qualities 
of supplements out there. You know, would you rather someone obviously prioritised good food yeah. and maybe not such good quality supplements? Would you rather them not go any supplements at all if they can't get pharmaceutical grade? Does that question even make sense? Yeah, it did it, in my head. It's a very good question. It was actually thrown at us at the... Um... Uh, Fit Food Academy. <laughs> it was at the Fit Food Academy. Someone asked that very question and said, "If I can't afford um, things like fish oils that are pharmaceutical grade or supplements, should I just buy from Superdrug or Boots or don't like naming places, but high street brands? Yeah, and supermarkets. And uh, and both. Uh, I know my opinion on it was don't bother them. And Emma's was the same, and I'm pretty much sure Anna Marsh, so Emma Myhill and Anna Marsh agreed. We all sort of said, because generally, if you're buying sort of supplements that aren't pharmaceutical grade, you don't really know what's in them because they're not checked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, chances are they're not going to offer much benefit. They might even do you more harm than, than benefit because the nutrients are not in a form. So, for example, the fish oils might not necessarily be... Um, I'm not sure. I've never even looked at, like, Holland and Barrow. I've just been... The way that they're stored, um, they might not have the right antioxidants in to keep the oil stable, they might be rancid, in which case um, you're putting an oxidised fat into the body, which is just disastrous and, and going to cause inflammation. So, yeah, I would avoid that. Um, and I would absolutely say invest more in your nutrition, but mm-hmm. I'd also say invest in your nutrition knowledge yeah. because there are a lot of supplements, not supplements, sorry, nu- nutrients that we lack in our diet today. So you just have to make the, a few extra It's quite efforts. hard to get from food. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and digestion and things like that. So, so really put some effort into, like, scour the Fit Food website and read every... We put yeah. a lot of um, time and, and effort into our blogs to say, fix your digestive system, um, eat nutrient-dense foods. But uh, we also make lots of recommendations for cook, uh, cookbooks and nutrition books that will give you eat even more. So I'd invest in education and invest in your food instead. Supplements are the added bonus. Yes. Awesome. Right, so... There was, there was um, a recurring question on the page that we're what? going to kick off with, which I think is prevention of colds and flu, which has come up three should times. We sh- cool. Should, should we get straight into the questions then? I was going to... Oh, I'm already in there. Oh, you, you are, but I was just going <laughs> to highlight your... We can talk about that another yeah. time, can't yeah, we? Yeah. Okay, guys. So, yeah, so like Kerry said, reoccurring question. Quite a few people ask this, I suppose, with it being the time of year that it is, and a, a little bit chippy. You know, um, so the questions are nutrition hints and tips for coping with the cold. Um, Somebody else said, uh, yep, I agree, tips for colds and also immune health. Best way to prevent things like colds and flu and the best way to recover afterwards. Uh, There's a second question in there as well, which is any good recipes, including kidney to disguise flavour. We could probably answer that later, uh, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, so Keris, so... Essentially, avoiding flus, colds, and just improving immune health. Wow. Can I just throw one thing out there before we yeah. hand over to your virtually... Since I kind of... To the to the good food side of life, you know, my bagel and pasta and fast food days are, are well and truly behind me to where I used to get colds and flus pretty much like clockwork yeah, all the time when, when in the winter months. I remember you sneezing once and so much snot came out and it was like all over your chin and face why, why and chest. are you saying this because you even you were so surprised you went look at this i did actually i highlighted <laughs> i was like carries look at this it was it was like it was about like a six inch snot dangling from my nose <laughs> what i wanted to say was so since i did kind of like clean my act up with my food etc etc colds flu anything and in the last five years i'd say i've probably had two and on both occasions the main culprit was stress 
Yeah. Once when we were writing the book, yeah. and we were virtually getting no sleep, working around the clock, stress levels were kind of through the roof because of the workload and trying to meet an incredibly unrealistic deadline that we put on ourselves. No, what it was, I think the worst thing about the whole situation was you got presented with the most whopping biggest ever print bill to print the book, and we had no idea whether we were actually going to sell a single copy. Well, it was that, that was too. the biggest stress ever. <laughs> it, it was work-related stress <laughs> and financial stress, because yeah. we were like, ah. Do but we, do we press to, print? However, we did sell the book, so it was happy days. And there was another time when I was really stressed. Um, I can't remember why now, but I remember it being, again, a similar scenario, maybe a quite a tight deadline, lack of sleep. And lo and behold, on both occasions, I got a cold or, or flu, man flu, whatever you want to call it. Because um, my diet didn't change. I was still eating really good food. Yeah. So it was the only thing I could put it down to. So my input would be, don't just necessarily look at food you can eat, nutrients you can take on, look at your lifestyle as a whole. And again, you know, like, like elevated stress does horrible things to the body, especially if it's chronically raised. You know, so that would be me. Just learn to chill Absolutely. and get lots of sleep. You know, it's, it's interesting because I thought the same when lots of people were, uh, a few people said, oh, could you do a blog on colds and flu? Um, recently, um, we, haven't had, we, have a, we plan our social media stuff in advance, so it wasn't on the menu at that time. But, um, I, and that got me thinking, I haven't had a cold. I'm touching wood here as well because... I always think it's a bit embarrassing if you've got a cold as a nutritional therapist. <laughs> but um, I haven't had one, again, like you, for years. The worst thing I get is cold sores when I get one down, which I can talk about in a second. Um, and I've only had uh, two in the last four years, both on both occasions, incredibly run down yeah. um, and travelling a lot. So that always seems to ruin me. With regards to, so, so you're absolutely right, stress has um, a really close relationship with the immune system um, because sort of short, sharp periods of stress can can be um, sort of suppress immune function in the sense of so if you are even carrying a virus, it doesn't even have time to sort of manifest itself, as it were, um, if that makes sense. And then what you do is you whatever the chronic uh, sorry the acute period of stress is, you then go on holiday, um, and people get sick because they've relaxed. And what's happened is the immune system has been allowed to kick back into action and cover. Um, we say, like, have a big spring clean and clear out anything that was perhaps lurking. Um, so that's why a lot of people might sort of run themselves down and then they relax and get really ill at the Christmas holidays. Or yeah. without doubt, you've got to, at this time of year, when uh, we are just more susceptible with the cold weather to, you know, catching some germs and things like that, just make sure that you are looking after yourself. Sleep is a big, big factor in this as well. Um, when I was actually training, there was a, a naturopath who recommended... Uh, one of her cold and flu remedies was to get um, just a cup of filtered water and put in it something like it was two or three, whatever you could stomach really, crack, uh, cloves of garlic, some manuka honey, um, some sprigs of thyme, and I think there was rosemary in there as well. And then the water, you just kept, kept drinking the water. So you'd, you'd refill that glass throughout the day right. and just keep drinking the water. Um, if you're feeling quite strong, you could even maybe blend that up. Ginger was in there as well, Ooh. sorry. You could maybe blend that up and, uh, and, and neck it. And I've often said to people, just crack cloves of garlic and neck them like capsules is another thing. Garlic is incredibly uh, boosting to the immune system. Um, the other uh, immune-boosting foods are things like onions, leeks. Uh, I've already mentioned rosemary and thyme, but most of the herbs are, are, are pretty good for the immune system. Mushrooms, interestingly, are and often prescribed for uh, as cancer treatment, which is it's generally the Chinese mushrooms, so right. shiitake and um, can you think of the other ones that you can see you see sometimes chestnut mushrooms. 
So, yeah. <laughs> the only two I know. <laughs> you don't need one. Oh, you need mushrooms. Um, so, yeah, so they would be another thing. The other uh, thing I would say is carbohydrates are really, really important. And a lot of people, because glucose, uh, white blood cells need glucose to function. Um, so if you are getting frequent colds after eating healthier, perhaps you've gone a bit too low with the carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So you're getting um, you know, sort of more susceptible to infection. And then the other thing is vitamin C. Um, so I always remember, um, even as a kid when you were ill, people would say, just take some vitamin C, have some orange juice, have some lemon. I would say things like squeezing fresh lemon juice into some, um, some water. I often have uh, lemon juice and ginger, either hot or cold, throughout the day. Yeah. And at the moment it's lovely because I have it warm and it's just nice to sip on. But you don't want to be downing, uh, as you know, sort of glasses of orange juice necessarily because of the sugar. But what I would say is vitamin C is one of those things actually where, dare I say it, maybe you could take from um, a high street store. I I just remember being in lectures and somebody said that was about the only thing that's sort of generally a pretty standard supplement across the board. Um, So even if you just took a a ascorbic acid from a supermarket, it would would offer you some benefit um, if you wanted to. I think it was MMI Hill actually that was um, speaking about that. So that would be one. um, And generally... The recommendations are taking um, anywhere between 500 um, to 3,000 milligrams um, of vitamin C. 3,000 is, is a higher dose. Do be warned, ascorbic acid is a laxative in high oh. doses. Um, and my God, if it, if, if, you, if, if it does affect you, you'll know about it. So not only is it a laxative, but it can cause just really awful gastrointestinal issues. So it's probably, uh, we should mention, like, disclaimer... Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you do decide to OD on vitamin C, yeah, and you you crap your kegs, yeah, that's basically <laughs> that's your responsibility. Well, that is actually um, in a book, um, Digestive Wellness. I'm just trying to think of the author. It's a great book. She recommend do, recommends doing um, a vitamin C flush a couple of times a year, where you take vitamin C to bowel tolerance. What? Um, and just to clear yourself out, really. Oh, that's all. <laughs> you can try that one. Let me know. Let me know. Um, get, write a blog about it. But if you um, obviously don't want to uh, risk that, there is buffered vitamin C, which is less aggressive on the gut. Cool. So, um, so then you could take something like, you know, even like a thousand milligrams at breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and dinner, and a lot of people see a difference. And last one is for me zinc. Oh, and uh, probiotics, obviously. Cool. So just quickly, just in a nutshell, three things people could do to prevent... Uh, eat immune-boosting foods that I've just listed. Yeah. Take vitamin C and zinc. Mm-hmm. Three would probably be take a probiotic. What about bone broth? Obviously. I, I just assume people are doing that day in, day out now. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're a fit food dude, you should be. Yeah. Uh, bone broth, awesome stuff. There's 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 loads you can do to be honest. But I mean, yeah. I mean essentially, again, it's whenever we talk about illness, disease, anything like that, it all comes around to the same thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it's you just know, stuff you should be doing on a on a on a, on a regular. Basis. You know, like just make sure that your diet is rich in nutrient dense single ingredient foods. But like Keris said, um, I think the big one that I would say when I working with um, people, you know, have come they they've kind of come to us and saying, oh, I, I get sick all the time. Yeah. And then when you actually get them to do a food diet and you look back, like so many times I see that they're way too low carb for too long. Yeah. It's not that low carb is bad, but a lot of people just do it for far too long. It could also, because if you think about it, foods that contain vitamin C are generally carbohydrate foods, yeah. so vegetables and fruit. And But what about, what about protein though? Isn't there something to be said for increasing protein intake if you have got cold or flu? Oh yeah, because so basically... it's already hit you. So you, we've said before, your immune system is like a, um, a bit of a gangster movie. 
<laughs> and just think of it like this is really terrible but all the gangsters are made out of protein <laughs> so as in all the good what guys all the good guys that are going to help you your your whole immune defense system is pretty much based on protein um but you don't want to overload protein at the expense of carbs yes so uh, one last thing um i was going to say was also recommended to a lot of people uh, you can get zinc lozenges so zinc has a really important role in, in the immune system, and the lozenges are just a way of getting things. So when you get if you get sore throats frequently, um, Source Naturals have some zinc lozenges that you could suck. Cool. Um, and then you're just attacking the site, as, as it were, directly. Yeah. And there was one last thing I was going to mention, but it's gone from my head. Oh, an exercise is mm. going to suppress immune function. Yeah, so intense exercise. Well, yeah, sorry, not a walk, obviously, yeah. but uh, you know, getting the blood pumping is good for lymphatic, yeah. which is part of your immune system so a little bit of trampoline and a brisk walk would be helpful yeah but there is a lot of rules we've mentioned before i'm sure on a podcast about the feeling is from your head up or neck up you're all right to train so if it's a headache a snotty cold or a sore throat Mm -hmm. you can train but if it's neck down and you've got aching limbs then don't train my advice don't train with any of that yeah, stuff. I was going to say, like, I mean, because the thing is, <laughs> why as well, would you want to get the blood pumping, carrying the germs around the body? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but also as well, I mean, going to the gym, it's you know, it kind of gives you a bit of a false sense of um, I'm better. Uh, I'm better, you know, because the endorphin rush, the adrenaline, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm all right now. Yeah. And then you just cane it, and then you're like, oh, I feel great. I'm absolutely fine. Then an hour after your gym session, you're absolutely flawed. And I never forgive Keris one time when I surprised her with a weekend trip to New York um, <laughs> near when we first started going out. She was feeling a bit ropey. I spoke to her on the phone because I was already over there. And uh, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a bit coldy and fluey, blah, 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 blah. But I need to get another one last workout in before I come and see you. And I was like, no, 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 have an early night, chill out. You know, because if you're ill when you're here, I'll never forgive you. Did she listen? Did she heck? She went to the gym, absolutely beasted herself. Flew to New York. Flew to New York to pretty much not leave the hotel. <laughs> no, I thought the first day, the second, third and fourth, I was bedridden. <laughs> like I said, pretty much. <laughs> Amazing room service. Great, great hotel, though. <laughs> the cheesecake was awesome. <laughs> Some really good films. Well, yeah, that was an expensive that, cinema trip. I, I do have to highlight that was our pre-food days. Yeah. So the, the buffalo wings and the cheesecake and the pizza got absolutely demolished that oh, weekend. Dear. That was oh, pretty dear. cool. Then were the days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, there was but, one other thing I was just going to mention, no, 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 actually. No, 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 it was caffeine, because a lot of uh, cold and flu remedies contain caffeine. And caffeine, I think, I'd read a few different studies on it, but for some people who are um, quite sort of more disposed towards autoimmune conditions, caffeine can actually be slightly beneficial. I'll have to root out this study. But for those people that are more sort of have an overactive immune system with thing, and have issues with things like eczema and asthma, yeah. um, often caffeine will make you worse. So generally with caffeine, I'd, I'd just probably avoid it. It's not going to help the situation. And like you've said, it might give you a false sense of wellness um, and that will lead you to overdo it. Um, I know I used to get a cold and just use double espressos to keep me going to the gym, which then ultimately usually led to some sort of massive viral infection yeah. and be bedridden for days. Floors you for longer in the long run. Yeah, so so don't. I wouldn't use caffeine. Well, I and that's what those cold and Just having the are. ability to listen to your body. I mean, I'm not saying that you need to take a day off work or anything like that, but you know, just be kind of like safe in the knowledge that actually maybe having a break from the gym, going for a light walk instead eating lots of awesome food, treating yourself to an Epsom salts bath and having a slightly earlier night 
could mean that you wake up the next day feeling absolutely spot on again. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people will try and push and push and push through it. And then like Kerry said, in the long run, it's three, four, five days to even a week off. And yeah. you just feeling pretty crappy. And then you've got to kind of get back into your gym routine, blah, blah, blah. So just, I, I, just listen to your body. I suppose the perfect remedy, now I'm thinking about it too, things like colds and flu, which is obvious stuff, is they say chicken soup when you were yeah. ill. But it's to get the slow cooker on for the broth. So Make you're having broth, yeah. soup, stews, and even smoothies in the morning because you'd just be able to whack cinnamon in there, ginger, um, some berries, and then some carbs in the form of fruit. So you'd be able to get so much in there and perhaps a protein powder. So, cool. I, And often when you're ill, you just want to have liquid foods anyway, yeah. don't you? So that Are we, we going to get through more than one question on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next question is from Samantha Grist, and she says... Hey, Matt and Keris, my diet is now pretty clean and consistent. However, in the last month, I've been getting these gorgeous red spots and pimples around my mouth, nose and chin. Being an avid listener to your podcast, I'm wondering if I may have become intolerant to dairy or eggs as I do consume quite a bit. Three eggs per day, whey protein shake daily, milk in coffee and tea, plain yogurt and the occasional cheesy treat. So the vegan protein powder order is on its way and I'm going to drop dairy for a while. My question is, if this is the culprit, how long will it take before the average person will see some change? And why do people become intolerant to foods like dairy that haven't caused any problems before? I should add that protein in the form of whey has only been part of my diet for the last 12 months and I've pretty much stuck with the same brand, which is Genetic Supplements. Also, how long should I leave off dairy before being able to reintroduce it, if at all? Should I drop eggs and dairy at the same time or try one, then the other? Thank you for your great work. Gosh, that's about five questions in one, <laughs> in one question. So, yeah, big question. But I suppose essentially, you know, she's obviously saying is the link to these spots and pimples, etc. You know, is it, is it linked to dairy consumption? Um, what I would say is... Um, obviously, I think she's going along the right lines in the... Um, I mean, it sounded like she was having a lot of dairy yeah, based, I was on, say that, based that, on the that question. Is, that is quite a lot across... Like, I don't class that as a little bit of dairy. No, that's, I class that as a lot dairy. of dairy. That's, 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 that's daily dairy. Daily dairy. dairy. Um, so you're going down the right route in that an elimination diet is going to help. Um, what I would say is generally, we've encouraged this before, is that you should rotate proteins. So yeah. you shouldn't really have uh, protein every single day. Eggs is a bit of a tricky one in that they are a bit of a multivitamin, uh, but most of that is in the yolk. So sometimes actually the egg whites that are more allergenic, so you know, just having egg yolks daily and dropping out whites might yeah. help. Um, but all of those things, um, when she mentions why do you develop a reaction to those foods? Um, just generally, if you're going to overload the body with one type of protein, and also I'd sort of probably just ask what else is going on in the background because she's increased whey protein um, and eggs, so possibly like some sort of training regime, um, has she compromised gut function generally? So is there a bit of leaky gut going on perhaps through stress or training or possibly had some leaky gut stuff going on before um and some of the foods that she might be eating could actually increase gut permeability which means that these foods like whey and eggs which are renowned for being a bit um uh, you know for causing an immune response are able to basically harm not harm that's the wrong word but but cause more of a reaction than they should be yeah so we've got two things that could be going on so there could be increased gut permeability or 
And then she's increased proteins which are renowned for activating the immune system. What I would say is absolutely an elimination diet is a way of establishing which of these foods is causing it. Um, I think my gut would be to actually take out, um, if you go onto Cyrex Laboratories, offer a profile of the sort of very, um, I don't know if you call them immuno, immunogenic or something, proteins that we would commonly react to. Yeah. And you'll see that coffee's on there. Nuts are on there, eggs are on there, whey protein is on there. Um, so she could actually look to eliminate all of those um, for a start um, and, and do that for, I would say, for a month. Very, very... Um, and then after that, the first, first thing that you want to reintroduce, I would say, would be the eggs because eggs are such a, you know, a nutritious food. Protein-wise, you can easily switch whey for rice or hemp or peas. That's, that's not a big deal. And what was the other thing she was having? And then you just ditch the yogurt um, instead and ditch the milk for almond milk or um, uh, coconut milk instead. So they were quite easy. Unsweetened, preferably. Yes, they're easy eliminations to do. And generally try to maybe... Well, when we did our proper sort of full um, immune calm diet, it was recommended to do about three months of complete elimination. Yeah. And then you bring in one thing at a time. And you bring in one thing, I would say... Leave it a couple of weeks. Um, you can leave it a week, that's like the minimum, but I'd actually say bring in eggs for a week and monitor your skin. And ideally you want to be symptom-free. So, um, I mean, it's, it makes sense, but so many people eliminate and reintroduce before they've even cleared their symptoms. So that's not very helpful, if that makes sense. What I would say as well with skin, um, <clears throat> dairy is a huge, huge trigger, and I've had amazing results with clients uh, removing dairy quite strictly for 30 to usually, usually one to two months we get skin clearance, but I also do put them on a gut protocol of things like oregano and garlic, glutamine to help fix the gut and seal it, bone broth, organ meats um, to just improve that integrity and then and probiotics as well. So we're fixing the gut in the background as well as eliminating the foods that yeah. might be exacerbating the situation. So it's a bit of a two-pronged approach. But also as well, um, when looking to reintroduce dairy, you know, you do want to be looking at trying to get the best possible quality the best you know sources of dairy that you can um as with everything you know so for example kind of start at the the low end of the spectrum wouldn't you say like in terms of yeah. you know don't go having a big old chunk of roquefort cheese <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. as soon as you reintroduce like smothered on top of a pizza or something like that like wouldn't you recommend like maybe starting off with something that's kind of known to be a less irritating to the body should we say like maybe like goat's yogurt well, what I would do is start with um, the fat, high fat first, because the, the benefits of dairy consumption are in the fats. Yeah. So back in would be ghee, because that's that's got um, butter with the milk protein removed. Yeah. Um, so again, you're just eliminating what could be the, the, the component that she reacts to or her skin is reacting to. Um, next would be double cream. Then would be some of the um, hard cheeses. Um, so, and again, maybe try hard goats and sheep's cheese first. I was going to say, yeah. right, would you not? Then, then uh, possibly, um, then a cow's hard cow's cheese. Um, and the last thing I'd be looking at introducing would be things like the yogurt and the milk because they're going to have higher levels of lactose in them unless unless you're fermenting them, and also um, so high levels of lactose and, and obviously proteins. But generally with skin, if it's sort of looking like 
you know, obviously there's food intolerances, but we can get things like acne caused by, um, there's strong links with insulin resistance, which dairy can, can really exacerbate. Somebody yeah. referred to it, I think, as insulin resistance of the skin. You know, you might find that dairy just has that impact on you and, and it's a bit of a trial and trial and, and you might never really get away with much more than dairy being a bit of a pleasure food at the weekend or yeah. every now and then. But it's, I must admit, like, um, I used to have untold amounts of dairy. You know, I'd quite happily drink one to two pints of uh, milk a day, no problem. Uh, you know, just a standard semi-skim pasteurised milk. Um, and over the years, you know, just with, you know, c- combined with probably training too hard, not getting enough sleep and eating 10 tonne of other crap as well. Um, my body's not so happy about milk now. Um, I can have some, you know, if I ever fancy like a, a proper cup of tea, so to speak, yeah, when I'm around at my, at my nan's, you know, I can tolerate that. That's no problem. But if I go too crazy, you know, I think I've said this before, you know, I get very mucusy, I get very snotty and I get like a little kind of red rash on my nose uh, kind of like um, it looks like you know when you've been out in the cold and you've got a bright red nose, but it could be any time of the year and I'd look like that. Um, so I just know it doesn't really work. However, um, if having like a like an unpasteurized cheese or unpasteurized milk, which I mean unpasteurized milk, raw milk, you can actually get you can get that online now. Um, I think it's Hook and Sons um, do like a mail order uh, raw milk, uh, which is pretty awesome. And I can actually drink a pint of raw milk and have no problems at all. I'm sure if I'd done it regularly, I would. Uh, but again, it just shows you kind of like the going for really good quality, you know, milk from grass-fed cows, unpasteurised, etc. Although, be a... uh, one thing I would say is when we did the DNA diet test, genetically both me and you were sort of predisposed to lactose intolerance. Yeah. We didn't have what's called lactase persistence. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you continue to have a lot of dairy in your diet, oh, that's what whether I mean. you would like, be in even, a bit more trouble. Even is... if it was good quality, I think I would I would suffer for sure. But yeah. just generally for me now, a little bit of milk here and there in a cup of tea, like I said, or you know the odd bit of cheese which I might have in with a salad, or you know stuffed inside a chicken breast, or whatever it may be, or with some olives. Um, but we tend to favour harder cheeses there anyway, and, and I'm okay. But that's for you to kind of decide what you think is okay you know because if you do eliminate for 30 days 45 days whatever you know kind of ties into your other question actually of how quickly would you see a change most people if it is linked to dairy when they remove it see pretty quick change you know yeah i was gonna say one one point i would say is fix your gut in the background of that so as you do eliminate um once you asked about why has this come about suddenly so how could you have whey for 12 months and not have this um, as I said, what this could be is actually um, something like a leaky gut going on in the background or her body is building an immune response because of an overload of that protein. So if you remember um, when you and I did the mediated release test, which is another sort of food intolerance test, what was really interesting was there were some foods that we definitely ate too much of. So for me, randomly, lemon came up and I used to drink um, lots of lemon water at that stage, didn't I? Um, yeah. And I remember saying to you, I'd start to get some spots on my nose and wondered what, what it could be. And um, I did have a lot of lemon <laughs> and avocados because avocados became our new sort of condiment. It was mashed avocados on everything when yeah. we first turned paleo. And they were both on our list, weren't they? Very randomly, there were some foods I'd never eaten, like tilapia, that was that my immune system had decided looked yeah. like a, an, an invader. Um, I mean, we didn't have too many intolerances on our, on our list because we did a lot of gut work. Um, you know, we've been taking glutamine for a while, we've been yeah. taking probiotics. So what I would say to her was, 
would be, you know, sort of fix the gut as well. You may find you can tolerate a little bit of dairy, sheep and goats first, mm-hmm. um, the high fat side of things. And then, uh, but, uh, you know, that, I would say that level, that's quite a lot. And I don't know many people that get away with, with a lot of dairy. I just, I don't. Yeah, just, you know, the key is when you re- eliminate, reintroduce in small amounts and, and, and just gauge how your body responds. You know, don't just go boom, straight back in there on and your regular dairy consumption. I think that's um, answered that question, don't you? Yeah, the last question was she said, should I drop both eggs and dairy? I think if you suspect... Yeah, I think I would drop both. I think really? it's easier to drop both and then add the eggs in first. Yeah, add back in first. makes sense. Um, just one really quick thing as well. Before Christmas, I noticed a few... My skin was flaring a little bit. And the only thing I can think of that I'd started eating a bit more dried fruit in the form of, like... Um, uh, naked bars and things right and um and with it being christmas like mince pies and things like homemade but i think sulfites i've mentioned this before sulfites which are a preservative for dried fruit and for wine yeah um really don't agree with my skin so it's just worth her looking beyond that and you might just want to take it to look at all sort of processed foods and additives and things like that because it can be the additives and preservatives that are in possibly your vinegar or something like that you know like it just just little things creep into into foods nowadays. Um, and when I tend to strip it back to just things like, I told you, the, the gold standard elimination diet is something like lamb and sweet potato and pears for a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that would be the gold standard, is eat lamb, potatoes, yeah, sweet, potato. sweet potato and pear are the, are the least allergenic foods and you eat them for I do, a week. I do love lamb, but I'm sure I'd soon get bored. I do like pears too. I think it would be quite a nice thing. Yeah. I'll tell you something, it would make food prep bloody easy, wouldn't it? I would. It? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just roast a load of sweet potatoes, have pears in and just... Lamb in the slow cooker. Lamb in the slow cooker, but... Yeah. Like, and then you'd add foods in really, really gradually. But yeah, I would just say, just check things like... So what would you say um, then? Would you say uh, just try eliminating for like 30 days? Um, until, I would actually say until symptom-free. Until the skin is clear and then yeah. add back in. Cool. And but if the skin doesn't clear, I would just um, th- then do a gut protocol as well. And also, when you do eliminate and then reintroduce, like you're, and you actually get an idea of what it's like when you don't have it, then you can be a bit more aware of the symptoms if you then reintroduce it and things do flare up. And I wouldn't reintroduce something like eggs and eat it every day for a week. I'd have two or three servings, yeah. so I'd have like day on, two days off, day on, two days off. Um, and if your skin was clear, keep going with that, maybe for one to two weeks, and then add in whatever dairy you're really keen to um, and then take it from there right this has got a couple of nice quick questions here Uh, we'll get through those and there's a couple of training questions as well which i always get quite excited when there's a training question or two (laughs) so i appreciate that but this one here is uh i've recently noticed that the percentage of coconut in cans of coconut milk can vary quite a bit as can the range of added ingredients. Tips on how to evaluate the better quality brands would be helpful, thanks. Uh, well, quite simply, you want to purchase a tin of... This is one that we use. Uh, it's Biona Coconut Milk, which it literally is exactly that. And there is nothing added to it, no preservatives, nothing. Yes, it is more expensive than other coconut milks, but you're getting a better product. So it's only right you pay more for it. But if you do go online, and best bet with these kind of things, we always say, is buy them in bulk. It's a little bit cheaper. And if you're using them frequently, then it makes sense, right? Um, what's the name of that place online where we order, like, um, goodness, uh, goodness, goodness, Foods. goodness Foods Direct, yeah. goodnessfoodsdirect.com? Yeah. Yeah, something like that, Goodness Foods. If you Google that, that should come up. Just bulk, bulk buy it, 
save a few pennies and you've got a ton there ready for your, your soups and shoes and well, smoothies the, and the whatever thing else. Is with um, coconut milk is you can obviously buy coconut cream and creamed coconut bars yeah which are just yeah. more concentrated sources because if you remember coconut milk it's just, it's generally just sort of a thicker creamed coconut and water yeah and yeah you're right in that most, and that actually most often supermarkets works out cheaper as well are, to be honest they're probably adding some supermarket brands are probably going to add more water and there's quite uh there's just a couple of e numbers in there well i mean i, I hear what um sorry I, I don't i don't know if i mentioned who's uh Name Joanna it was Fulford. it was jo- Joanna Fulford. Uh, like some of them have got like I've seen some that have got like eleven percent coconut, sixteen percent coconut, yeah. and then you know really low end, and you're like, well, wow, what am I paying for here? Water. You know what I mean? <laughs> BPAs. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would say is I went through a phase of um, getting the bars, the, the creamed coconut bars can be a little bit sweeter, or the tinned coconut uh, cream, which is just more concentrated. Um, and some people I know are taking it to a, a bit of another level and making their own. I've not got there yet. Um, but if you are and you have a quick quick sort of means of doing it, by all means, let us know on the page. I'm sure if, if there's a... can't think of it, it's going to be a quick and easy process, but maybe, maybe I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's someone out there that's done it. <laughs> okay, so that was a nice quick one. Here's... here's a, there's a load of questions here uh, about different topics, and we're not going to go into it just because we're... We're running out of time. However, I think it, this is a good one, right? So this is Jennifer Bullcock, and she's listed a, a, a ton of stuff, such as um, immune system protection, skin conditions, gut dysbiosis, leaky gut, type 1 diabetes. Um, you know, all very, very complex subjects, which we will go into at another time. He is basically highlighting kids' nutrition. And I actually think we won't go into that now, putting it out there, that we should do a whole episode dedicated to this. Absolutely. Because that deserves a whole episode, I yeah, think. definitely. You know, um, and, and I'm going to say no more because it's something I feel very passionate about and I might go off on one. So We should get some guest mums on there as get well. Get some guest Perhaps mums. Jennifer will come on and talk what about What about dads? Thank you very much. Jennifer Bullcock actually does some amazing protein recipes on her page. Yes, indeed. And uh, takes them along to, I think it looks like, and I think from what I can gather... They're not often that well-received, which is such a shame because they're probably the most nutritious thing on the table at these events. Um, so, yeah, perhaps we can get around talking through some tips of recipes. There we are, then. So that's going to be... Recipes. That's a whole episode of Fit and Food Radio in terms dedicated of the, to kids' nutrition. In terms of her question, actually, uh, Matt's right, in the um, immune system, skin, gut this versus leaky gut, we will do a gut-focused episode. There we go. In, uh, uh, we'll, we'll put that in the diary to do in the next couple of awesome. weeks. Awesome. I mean, some of these things deserve a whole episode. It's really hard to kind of... Well, all of the, all those things are just completely linked. And so what we could just talk through is different steps people can take to to really protect the gut ongoing. Yeah. We might have to get our wee old Emma on again. Yeah, definitely. As that is her... Definitely. One of her many areas of expertise. We should announce, actually, that Emma has had... A little bambino. A happy, healthy baby. Yeah. <laughs> little Frankie. We're waiting on more details. Is it Frankie? Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot. Yeah. Frankie. Yeah, yeah it was, was Frankie. Frankie. Yeah. I actually had, um, and we told them of this, didn't we, that I had, a, that I had a premonition that this baby was coming on the day that it arrived. Um, I don't know why I got that premonition, but it just, something came over me. And <laughs> I was just like, it, today's the day the baby's going to be born. And lo and behold, we got the email yeah. with a picture of the, the little cutie. Looks awesome. So, yeah, congratulations, Emma, if you're listening. Yeah, congratulations. Again. And hopefully we've... we'll get her on to uh, sort of update everybody on, on how she's getting on. 
I don't want to pressure at the moment. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no obligation. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a question from Lindsay Devereux. This is a training-based question. Um, I follow a hypertrophy program, and after competing last October, I'm currently focusing on putting on quality muscle whilst not losing too much condition. I've put on 6 kg and managed to keep body fat reasonable. From a kettlebell slash full body point of view, I'd like to chuck them in now and then to keep it fresh, but don't want to compromise the size I've achieved. How often would you say to do them? And what are your best exercises to complement the bodybuilding protocol I'm used to? Not really doing much cardio at the mowers, naturally fairly lean, and I hate traditional cardio. So if could incorporate a bit of that as well, it'd be good. Thanks. So um, we actually know Lindsay uh, quite randomly. I bumped into her in the gym at Stratford-upon-Avon, and it turned out she'd bought our book and listens to our podcast and everything, so that was awesome. So just to kind of clarify, she entered into like a, um, obviously a female bodybuilding show in October. She got into absolutely phenomenal condition, very, very lean. And she's obviously mentioned that she has been, she follows a, a typical bodybuilding uh, routine. So generally that is just a, a body split routine, you know, dividing body parts up onto separate days and just focusing on them um, solely for the workout. You might do one or two body parts generally, but you know, for me, when you're talking about kind of not compromising the size you've achieved, I mean, of course, you know, if you was to start blitzing like 10 ton of cardiovascular work and endurance work, there's a chance you might break down too much muscle tissue. You know, there's something to be said that aside from the training, you know, there's obviously a lot you can do nutritionally to, to ensure that you do preserve lean muscle tissue. Um, so I'll start on that. So my advice would be to always kind of have amino acids some branch chain amino acids, 30, 40 minutes pre-workout. If your training is particularly intense, then you may even want to introduce them during a workout as well. And, and again, that just like, that does kind of like pr- preserves muscle, preserves lean muscle a little bit. You know, you give yourself a, a little bit of backup there. Um, so that would be my, my advice on that front. But from a training perspective, there's no reason why you can't chuck in some more condition-based work. So what I was going to say would be my exercise of choice here go on the snatch oh because, uh. <laughs> because if she's kettlebell snatch you mean yeah because if she's um very obviously interested in, in in weight training resistance training so one it'd be great to learn a technical kettlebell lift that's a bit more interesting because she obviously yeah. gets bored easy she's bored of cardio and there is nothing more for me i mean swings are pretty cardiovascular but the snatch when you master it and do like um <laughs> interval based snatch i've mastered training, the snatch yeah, well done. I think that's one of the most. I know it's more. Inter- it well, is more. Sure. Well done. It's, well done, Matt. Yeah, well, good boy. Uh, no, I know it's more. Um, you might see it as more interval based, but we, when we were training with the uh, doing the RKC um, qualifications, we would do what they call VO two maxes with with the yeah. kettlebells and things. You can be quite creative where you're doing sort of. Um, what were we doing like 15 seconds on five rest 15 on five rest but for 15 minutes so that was yeah. pretty that's pretty brutal you know, but that was more you know um, that was cardiovascular as well and then if you cowbell sport is the other one but I don't know that that's going to fit with her body composition goals the thing is to be honest with you I mean kettlebells are bloody awesome we love them however um, gone are the days where we just done kettlebells which yeah. we went through a phase of doing that so what I would recommend is I would say do your routine as normal 
um, by all means, you can definitely get some full body routines in there. I predominantly follow a more full body approach to my training, and I certainly don't sacrifice size for that. Um, you know, and, and I can actually pack on size doing full body training, no problem. Um, you know, if you're training hard enough, then and, and you're eating enough in order to to recover and grow, then you know it's going to happen. But I would say continue with your kind of regular training, but then end it with like a, a bit of a finisher, as it were. So the good thing here is is that finishers tend to be in short, uh, short but incredibly sweet. So you may do your normal routine that takes maybe 40 minutes to do, and then you may finish with a short finisher that's maybe about... Like a sweet, a sweet snatch. <laughs> a sweet snatch. Um, like that's maybe about 12 minutes long, where you might use like a circuit of four or five exercises that somewhat complement... The, the 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 body part you're training that day but not necessarily and you know you might perform those five exercises back to back for a certain amount of reps and within that 12 minutes your goal quite simply is to perform as many rounds as possible so the good thing here is is a it's going to get your heart rate through the roof b it's going to kind of hit your body from a more endurance based angle um and c ultimately the most important bit is it you know it's short you know, so you can still go into the gym, do your regular regular training, do a good chunk of training, um, a, a, do a good finisher at the end, and still be done within the hour. Um, another thing you could do is maybe potentially end your session with a little bit of hit training. Um, I'm actually writing a blog post on this at the moment because someone messaged me asking me what the best form of cardio was, and you know, it's a bit of a, a loaded question, really. But hit training, the awesome thing with hit training is. A, it allows you to really put your cardiovascular system to the test. But B, you know, there's a lot of studies that show that because it's obviously much shorter in nature, albeit a lot more intense, um, it's less catabolic on the body compared to long duration cardio. Um, You know, so for example, if you're going for a run for, say, 45 minutes, you know, chances are you're going to probably break down more lean muscle tissue doing that than if you was to just do something short sweet in eight to ten minutes for example um so like some hit training there which to be fair one of my favorite forms of hit training either using kettlebells using the swing or the snatch as keris said where you might do a swing for 30 seconds rest for 30 seconds and so forth but uh, same with the rowing machine one of my favorite forms of intervals on there as brutal as it is is I do 250 metres as quick as I can, rest for about 45, 60 seconds, and then go again for anywhere between 10, 10 and 15 sets. You know, they're pretty brutal, but done in a very, very short space of time. What about combining, um, if you did like something like skipping and boxing, with some kettlebells as well? We were saying, we were just having a play in the gym the other day, and uh, we used to do very sort of that longer circuits of just combining kettlebell swings with mm. body weight with some skipping either a skipping speed skipping or recovery or you were saying about just doing like punching the crap out of a bag for 10-15 minutes yeah. that's amazing oh, would just you... cardiovascular endurance oh, man. I mean, like... to be fair there's, there's something to be said for you know like Keris mentioned earlier maybe like having a go at the snatch because you're learning a new skill which stimulates the mind and that's always good fun and kind of takes your mind off the fact that you're kicking your ass and and I actually uh, put the boxing gloves on the other day. I used to box when I was younger, and I used to love it. Um, but I haven't done it for some time. Uh, still handing myself like that, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but um, I just put the gloves on, and I just 
like absolutely pounded the punch bag and just done it in a circuit format where I went hell for leather for 50 seconds, threw a bit of skipping in there and a bit of core work, and, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, but again, it was short and sweet, 50 seconds on each, five exercises, and i just done five rounds of that um, as the kind of finisher of my workout. So, yeah, I, I don't know if, I, if I, I'm sure I've answered the question in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, definitely like forms of hit training, finishes at the end of your workout, um, and like I say, making sure you've got your aminos on board and obviously good nutrition, which I know you have, Lindsay. Um, I always find with, with cardio, fine. one of the big things for me is, is variety. So I like might have a phase of running, yeah, maybe a phase of boxing. I always think I just need to, to change the stimulation in a way and then I'll go for a phase of rowing. Um, but because with cardio, cardio, sometimes you're doing it for extended periods of time, it's not something I can sustain for couldn't do it for months and months and months yeah get, like all right i need to do something else now oh my god yeah i mean variety is a spice of life as they say and i totally agree with you yeah and with regards to um you know you know traditional cardio i think what you mean by that is kind of long duration low intensity cardio and personally the only time i use that on myself and with my clients i use it as a as a recovery tool I've said this uh, before, rather than getting people to, to go out for a long run or on the cross trainer or the bike with the view that it's all about body composition, I don't like that to be the focus. I'd rather people get outside for a power walk or a very light maybe because ideally I'd rather it be uh, low impact cardio or non-impact, um, you know, or even just whacking some tunes on or a podcast and just going on a cross trainer for 40 to 60 minutes low intensity just enough to kind of get a sweat on and get the blood flowing because it's only going to aid your recovery it's going to pump blood to the muscles going to aid your recovery so you can get back into the gym and lifting weights and and training more often which ultimately is going to yield better results long term so um yeah that's my view on that one last question and this is quite a good one actually again this is training based but this is from joanne cassell um, how long should you give it before changing your fitness program slash diet if you are not seeing results? Um, thing is, that's a, it's a really good question, purely because so many people stick to the same diet and the same training routine for such a long time without seeing results, and you think, why the hell has something in your brain not gone? Hold on, maybe, just maybe, it's not this isn't working. Like, I've had clients to come to me before and say. Oh, I don't. I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. I've been training. I, I do spin classes six or seven times a week. Um, I'm eating like thirteen hundred calories a day, and I've literally stayed the same. Oh, how long have you been doing that for? Oh, about the last, you know, like nine to ten months. And it's like, well, right. But then the flip side of it is then people who change things, you know, within a, a week or two weeks, start complaining that they're not seeing any change because they've made such radical differences and, and gone through so much deprivation compared to what they yeah. used to eat and they're like surely you know i should have seen a difference by now but um i think we've said this before i'm sure on the podcast like it, it was something like for every year that you've abused your body give it a month which i thought was a really great yeah great way yeah of i mean and, and so I... if you're 10 years if you're 10 years with poor diet a lot of stress not enough sleep and no exercise you know this could be commit to a year before you really get where you want to be and my as, take as, on that I'm, as, that's, that's yeah. worst case scenario yeah, yeah i was gonna say but what i was gonna say because <laughs> no, everyone no one's gonna be motivated by that <laughs> no most people will see a difference in in one to two months i, I always think but that's the thing i mean the other thing to be said i mean Kerry's has hit the nail on the head in that you know 
variety is great. However, there needs to be an element of consistency in what you do to see some serious progression in what you are doing. You know, so for example, if you're doing a strength-based routine one week, then the next week endurance-based, and then the week after that cardio only, and then a week after that yoga, mentally it'd probably be fantastic stimulus for you, but your body is not going to have a clue what it's doing. It's like, am I endurance? Am I strength? Am I flexible? Like, what you know, what am I doing? Um, so it's really important you do get a program in place that, that is progressive in its nature and also consistent if you want to see some some strength gains, performance gains, and, and body composition gains as well. Oh, well, well, not gains, you know what I mean? <laughs> It'd be losses, but it would be a gain, if that makes any sense. Well, the other thing I was going to say was it no. depends on the... Make sure you've decided on, on one goal. So where you just mentioned there that your programme suits one goal. So make sure that we often get people coming to us with a, oh, I want to lose weight and I, I want to hit this performance goal. And the performance goal may conflict with what they need to do weight loss wise, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The performance goal might be too yeah. stressful for a body that's not in optimal health. Or, you know. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Like, I mean. So make sure the goals are. It's one goal. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your <laughs> yeah. goals need to complement each other. You know, one of, I suppose you could say, the worst combinations that we come across quite frequently is um i'd like to heal my gut and then do a, a an iron man well no well, was, or, 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 or probably more to the point like um i want to lose a stone and a half but oh by the way i'm training for the london marathon in yeah, a few yeah. months time yeah and it's like well you know you probably really shouldn't be running to that kind of intensity that kind of distance and trying to reduce your calories because you need to fuel your running But I would generally say the way I do things is I get people to follow a progressive training plan based on their goal for about six weeks. Then what I do is I introduce what we call a deload week because obviously with the progressive nature of the plan, the intensity is going to go up, the loads are going to go up, etc., etc. across the six weeks. Then by a deload week, I don't mean do NAF all for a week. We'll do a week where... We might reduce the amount of overall sets. We might reduce the weight, the reps a little bit. So you'll still be training. The intensity will be lower, but you're going to keep the body moving, keeping the blood pumping to aid recovery. And then what I'll then do in week eight is I'll then introduce you to the next phase of your training. Um, And that's when I will change your program completely. However, when I say completely, I mean it will be the next phase of your training. So I wouldn't spend seven weeks getting you as strong as possible and then going straight into getting you ready for a marathon. You know what I mean? Like it would tie in um, with, the, with the phase one of your training. So to answer your question, <laughs> I'd say six to eight weeks with training. With diet, that's a kind of bit of a different ball game, isn't it? Because I'd say a similar thing whereby um, I've got at least... Well, no, I think six weeks is a nice we, one to follow. Well, but, your diet will change with your training anyway, won't it, generally? And your diet will change as your body composition changes. Yeah. So, like, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that... Um, so, for example, if somebody is, is overweight and we suspect insulin resistance, we reduce carbs, and then people decide that low-carb is the reason... is the way yeah. they lose weight, and therefore, to sustain weight loss, they eat low-carb forever, and that's not the case. Yeah. And what it does is we know it down-regulates thyroid hormone productivity and, and uh, starves the gut flora and so eventually people find that they gain weight back and they it worked before why doesn't it work now if yeah. i hear that phrase one more time five two worked for me at one point and doesn't work anymore well 
most things because we didn't evolve with the situation yeah you need to evolve your nutrition and evolve your training with whatever the, the the response of the body is and the circumstances and your lifestyle so one thing i would also uh, just highlight to her is how are you measuring results because results are not just body composition results it can be skin results can be digestive health results can be bloating results can be mental well-being and if all of that is improving um, and, you know, and you're still going by what's on the scales, then, you know, I would basically ditch the scales because you're seeing um, health improve and and, yeah. um, and you're feeling a benefit. And so if anything, that's just going to have a negative impact. The other thing is a lot of trainers might use calipers, which I got trained in and used to use religiously, but it tends to be that there's a certain body type that they're more effective to be used on. Um, and and the leaner you get, the more inaccurate they are, and the more overweight you are, the more inaccurate calipers become. And I'll never forget trying to really like measure some clients and just being really disheartened with them that they hadn't made any progress. Yet there was massive progress when I look back now. It's yeah. just it wasn't reflected in calipers, which for all I knew, you know, could have just been my measuring. So yeah. results are everything. You know, results can be everything from look for the little things. Like I always use skin as my my big measure. Skin and motivation and energy are big ones for me. So and do energy, I wake up and yeah. I'm like, yes, I want to, I want to, I want to do today, or do I wake up and I'm like, oh god, do I have to do today? That's a big thing for me as to whether I'm overtraining, yeah, um, eating enough, eating the right foods. I, I, you know, maybe had too much caffeine or stress or whatever. Like, use all of these things, and that's where like little diaries can be useful for that. I, I go by a horny. I feel well. Yeah, there is that as well. That's G- it. Generally, that's if measure. I'm feeling if I'm feeling horny. <laughs> <laughs> then everything else is good. I'm training well, diet's good, happy days. It, it, it's very true, very true. Um, but one thing, uh, two two things I was just going to finish on there is I was going to say, if you are guilty of sticking to the same old things, both diet and training-wise, for too long, you know, there's that classic saying, if what you've been doing for for the last, you know, six to 12 months isn't working, do the polar opposite. So if you've been following massively calorie-restricted diet, bump your calories up if you've been caning yourself in spin classes and endurance maybe take a breather and introduce some more strength-based power trade uh, power lifting type routine into the mix um you know and just see how your body responds um and the other thing i would say with your training you know if you are going to be changing things and having structure then that's the key word you need to have structure go to wh smith's or ryman's wherever get yourself a little notebook because i'm old school like that i like to just write things down and and map out a six to eight week program or you know feel free to get in touch with me and you know like i do program designs for people you know that's not a problem at all and implement that structure write down every workout the exercises the reps the weights the rest how you feel and then you'll get a gen genuine uh, 